History is us. Destroying it destroys us. Can't let it happen. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome to Dumbasses Talking Politics, and here we go for another episode. So, yes, I'm going, this is two in a row. I'm not going to be doing this. I'm actually going, I've got another project that I need to work on. Unfortunately, I've been going absolutely crazy with the news, and I'm not going to do that anymore. So we're, we're actually going to talk a little news, little non-news, but mostly non-news. A lot of it's going to be political philosophy. So let's talk about news. COVID-19 apparently is going absolutely crazy again. Um, we got to be careful with this uh, because it could be going crazy. It might not be going crazy or it could be going crazy, but it's not a bad thing. We're not really sure. And of course, the media is being the media. Uh, COVID-19 cases have gone up in states like Florida, Texas, Arizona, Washington, Cal- or not, I'm sorry, not Washington, California. So it, it, it's been going absolutely nuts. It's been, they, they, the readings have gone way up. I believe it's somewhere between 30 and 80% rise. Uh, in California, it's mostly in Los Angeles. That's bad. That is very bad. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. The death rates have not gone up. The hospital rates have gone up, I think it's about 30%. Uh, I just read it from the Wall Street Journal. So it, it, things are not great. We knew we were going to have a second wave. It's not a shock that in a city like California, it's gone up. Cities like Dallas or Houston, it's gone up. Or uh, San Antonio, it's gone up. Because they were having all those protests. Not a shock in Florida, it's gone up. They've actually opened up. But Florida is still kind of in control. And we're not talking the death rates are amazing. As a matter of fact, the death rates have stayed pretty much the same. They, they've been still been going down. Hospitalizations have gone up about 30%, nowhere near to overwhelming hospitals. But let's let's take a look at the real facts here, and these are things I'm not seeing in the media, which is something. It's death rates. We're not seeing death rates. We're just seeing positive cases have gone up. That is not necessarily something we need to panic about. If I saw the death rates had gone up 30, 40, I, then we got something to panic. I'm going to stay in my house. I'm not moving. I'm wearing a mask everywhere, blah, blah, blah. But the death rates have not gone up. And a lot of the people who are COVID positive don't even know they're COVID positive. That's one. So right off the bat, we're not really sure. Here, here's the good news. It's possible that the COVID death rate actually is lower than we thought that the flu might be more dangerous than the death rate for COVID-19. And people are already saying that. They're saying, well, we could hit 200,000. This is the thing. We're at 120,000 dead right now. We could hit 200, 250,000. And the uh, doctors have actually already lowered that to about 150,000. So you begin to see that this COVID may not be as bad 
as we thought. Now, that doesn't mean go run out, don't wear a mask. If you're, if people tell you, like in California, I always wear a mask. I have a mask. I wear it whenever I'm walking outside by myself. I just went out, flew my drone in a park by myself. I didn't wear a mask. But the second I walk into a business, I wore a mask because I'm not wearing a mask as a political statement. I'm wearing a mask as consideration for the people in the store. And the reality is I like the people in the stores that I frequent. So I would rather wear a mask, be considerate of them. Because the reality is a mask is not going to give me is prevent me from getting COVID. It's going to prevent me spreading COVID if I have it. I don't. But if I had, well, I may have, who knows? If I had it, it would prevent me from spreading it. It wouldn't prevent me from getting it. So that's one of the good news. That's part of the good news is the death rate is not high, though some states like California are actually taking it kind of serious. Um, the other thing which is kind of interesting about it is we're also testing a lot more than we were before. So to sit back and say that this second wave is because we are, you know, COVID is going crazy again, we're not really sure about that. And the news media is not really sure about that. If you listen to the news media, they don't talk about the fact that we are between 50 and 75,000 tests per day right now. And when you test that much, and it's going up. Uh, the last I heard, it was about fifty to 60,000, but they say it's going up incrementally. Then you can't really worry about something like that because it means, yeah, well, a lot of people probably had it and didn't know they had it. And since the hospitalizations haven't gone up that much and since death hasn't gone up much at all, actually, it's not a real shock that... Um, more testing is showing that people who didn't have it before now actually have it. So we, we need to we need to take this with a grain of salt. Now, I've got a buddy who just argues with me every time I say, well, the death rates haven't gone up, so I, I don't know, and the hospitalizations haven't gone up. Now, he has a wife who has pre-existing conditions, and I completely understand. And I hope he understands that I'm not saying that this is not a thing. I do believe it's a thing. I believe it's a thing because I've got a 75-year-old, a 76-year-old father. I've got a 74-year-old stepmother or mother. I've got kids, grandkids, things like that. I, I don't want to spread this around, so I do actually pay attention. But sometimes we get panicky and they're really just, we really don't need to actually panic. For example, I'm not, I, I'm going to be stuck inside again. I'm not going to be leaving my home. But I'm not going to be worried about going to the grocery store or anything like that. I'm just going to do what I do. I'm going to wear my mask. I bought a cloth mask that was made in Oceanside. Not buying those bloody masks from China. I put it on. I go to, I go to the store. I put it on. I walk in. I buy my stuff. Uh, if I'm not around someone, I put it below my nose so that I can breathe because I hate masks. And then when I go near someone, I put it over my nose. The second I walk out of the store, I take the mask off. This is not a political statement. That is courtesy. So if people tell you, well, I shouldn't wear a mask, and there have been a lot of videos of people saying, well, I'm not wearing a mask because you're trying to hold me down, blah, 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 blah. 
Uh, come on, dude. It, it's it's a, it's a courtesy to your fellow Americans. It's not anti-American to wear a mask during a pandemic. I think it's stupid. And I bought a mask. I like my mask. I wear. I carry it everywhere. It's in my wallet. I actually stick it, the mask in the wallet so that I, if I'm gonna go out, I can't leave without the mask if I'm gonna buy something. So I I just think it's it's absolute courtesy. Now, is the second wave expected? I was expecting a second wave, but I wasn't expecting the second wave now. I was expecting the second wave back in September, October. And, but I think that with all of the protesting, the rioting, things like that, there a group people are getting sick and tired of being inside, which we knew was going to happen. You're going to have a second wave. Again, it doesn't look like this second wave is as deadly as the first wave, but it, it's not a good thing. So, And the news media is doing their bang-up job with it. They're actually pointing out that Arizona and Texas and Florida all have this second wave, which are Republican states. I think Georgia is another one, all Republican states. What they're not pointing out is that, you know, California, Atlanta, which is Democratic, and even the cities in Texas that have a rise in, which are Democratic, they're not pointing out that this all has to do with everyone leaving their homes, maybe going to work, but probably protesting, probably rioting, that this is actually causing it. And they're ignoring the, the left-wing states that like California, that California has the largest rise in COVID, especially in Los Angeles. I don't care why COVID is on the move, but it is. But they've decided Republicans trying to open, uh, Republicans trying to open too quickly and blah, blah, blah. It's crap. We're going to need to open. I'm sorry. We're going to have to open up the economy again. The economy has been closed too long. And to blame Republicans for this after spending, what, four weeks on protests and rioting? You're going to sit back and say the Republicans opening too soon? is the That's just stupid. That's just stupid. And Georgia, Texas, Arizona, they've all had riots. So it's not a shock. I would rather sit back and say it's probably a combination I think the riots and the protesting is because we've been stuck inside. I think people are dying to get out, go to restaurants. I mean, I've been to restaurants twice, two, three times with uh, Josie, my girlfriend, simply because I can't be stuck inside anymore. Um, so I, I believe it's probably a combination. I, I think it's probably, hey, we're all going out right now and there's protests and riots. But to sit back and say it's a Republican, I mean, everyone continues to politicize a virus. And that really is stupid. It just makes us, I mean, I, Republicans aren't, but it, the left is. It's stupid because it stops us. Well, the right is. That's not true. Conservatives are too. Because they're sitting back and complaining left and right that they shouldn't have to wear a mask. That's just dumb. Yeah, you do have to wear a mask. And it isn't Republicans' fault that we have coronavirus so it is what it is but anyway so we were gonna i'm gonna continue on with political philosophy and yesterday i had talked about 
how our country is on course to have a civil war. We haven't, we're already in a cultural civil war, but I think this cultural civil war could get physical. And the reason is because we are so far apart politically that there is no middle ground. Now, yesterday I talked about a gray area, that things are not always black and white. Well, unfortunately, if the conservatives see things as white and the liberal and the left sees things as black and we can't agree on a middle, that's going to be a problem. So in the second section, in the second area we're going to talk about, it's going to be the destruction of actual history itself. It's making America into something it's not. And I, this I'm very passionate about, and I've mentioned it in podcasts where we talked about news, but now I'm really going to get really heavy into things uh, in this podcast. Okay, so I did something weird this week. In fact, I bet I will be put on some FBI watch list after the purchases are scanned by whatever FBI application they use. I, I bought uh, the Communist Manifesto by... Engels and Marx. I bought uh, Margaret Sanger's Women in the New Race, and I bought Howard Zinn's A People's History of the United States. Now, you all know, I'm assuming you folks all know what the Communist Manifesto is. Uh, I'm not going to... It's a 36-page document, pamphlet, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's something worth reading. It's very interesting. We're going to talk about it. Um, Margaret Sanger... Uh, women and the new race is something that I wanted to study uh, because of abortion and where the genesis of abortion came from. So if you don't know, Margaret Sanger is a eugenicist. Uh, eugenicist means that she believed in killing the weak in order for the strong to grow and propagate. Uh, she's a racist, an abortionist, and the founder of Planned Parenthood. She believed that abortion should be required for anyone who would weaken society. That includes babies born with Down syndrome, physical and mental disabilities, and, wait for it, people of color, especially blacks. She actually started her business in black neighborhoods in New York. So this wasn't something they really hide. you got to remember, in the 20s, eugenics, uh, eugenicists, uh, you, I don't, don't know the word for it, but it was something that was really celebrated and was actually accepted until about the 40s and 50s. And it's not a mistake. She, considered, she is considered an American hero to the left. They conveniently left out the fact that she is an ardent Marxist. She wanted to breed out blacks out of American society. And she wanted to do it in black neighborhoods. They left that out. Margaret Sanger is an example of revisionist, the left's revisionist history. And I wanted to read her own words. Now, surprisingly, she's at, her documents are actually very hard to find. Um, the, uh, the book Women and the New Race was not the book I was looking for. It's, again, a very short 
it's almost a pamphlet, but it's more of an essay. It's about 100 pages. It'll take me one night to read it. And I've decided I wanted to read it. I want to hear her words. But no one ever quotes Mary Sanger. They just hold her up on a pedestal. Uh, the other book is Howard, Howard Zinn's book, um, The uh, uh, People's History of the United States, is actually being sent to schools and is required reading in some colleges. It has been touted as the history book by Will Hunting from the Oscar-winning movie Good Will Hunting. I like Mac. Damon is an actor, by the way, so you can tell right off the bat that I really just don't care about that. He is, uh, Zinn was also a Marxist and a socialist. He hated capitalism. He hated democracy. He said that um, the American Indians were innocent and loving and giving, and Columbus came over and started slaughtering them just because he hated people with brown skin. You've already seen that. They're ripping his statues down right now. The conflicts of the Soviet Union, Cuba, Korea, North Korea, and Vietnam were all because of American imperialism. What's disturbing is our kids are actually reading this crap. They don't talk about some of the problems we've had and the wars we've had. This is another example of the left's revisionist history of the United States. But I wanted to read his own words. I wanted to read what he had to say. I don't know if I'm going to get through 40 pages of this book without throwing up a few times, but, or at least drinking heavily. But the reality is, it's, it's important to know what the left is saying. Today... Last few weeks, we have a bunch of snot-nosed kids tearing down statues because, well, I'm not sure. And they're not sure. I mean, I get it if they're tearing down statues of Robert E. Lee or Jefferson Davis. I even understand John Adams, though I don't say that's a good thing. I, I, I Well, I don't think tearing down statues, period, is a good thing. I even Jefferson Davis or Robert E. Lee. But now they want to tear down. But now they want to tear down Abraham Lincoln, who started a war that led to the death of seven hundred thousand Americans to end slavery, and was killed by um, a slavery proponent and Democrat. By the way, just just an FYI, Abraham Lincoln was the first. Republican president. I don't know when Republicans became anti-racist or anti-black because we've always been pro-black. But I, I've been anyway. I don't know. Maybe there are some Republicans out there. But, and they wanted to tear down Ulysses S. Grant, who was an ardent anti-slavery guy. And he helped to develop and pen the 15th Amendment that allowed blacks to be slave and the 16th Amendment that allowed blacks to vote. And Francis Scott Key, who wrote a poem that ended up being the Star-Spangled Banner and had pretty much nothing to do with slavery. Or how about Theodore Roosevelt, who was the most popular president in United States history and really didn't do anything that anyone could really see as controversial. He never owned slaves. He had nothing to do with any of that. 
So what's the deal with this? Why are they going after... I mean, okay, you go after Jefferson Davis. You go after Robert E. Lee. Okay, fine. Um, you're not as forgiving as Abraham Lincoln is because Abraham Lincoln flat out said that I, I, they are Americans first, traitors second. I mean, he sat there, yes. They wanted to be in their own country. They're not anymore. But they are Americans. Let's embrace them, which I thought was a great, great deal. But why are they chasing these people that had nothing to do with slavery? Why are they chasing me, who has nothing to do with slavery? Heck, my family wasn't really even in the United States when slavery was a thing. Why are they... Why? Here's the thing. America was is a bad was a bad place at one time. We fixed it. Are we perfect? No. But this cut co- no country is. Who's kidding who? But this country is as close to perfect as any other country in human history. We had slavery. We had Jim Crow. We didn't let women vote. We interred Asian Americans during World War II. We had Watergate and government corruption. We supported terrible regimes. But we saw our sins and we dealt with them. That is our history. Here's the problem with the left. They want a complete change of our institutions and philosophy. They want to control the economy, the media, art, education, and health care. They want all controlling government that determines every aspect of our lives. They do not want us to think for ourselves as individuals, but as a collective, without individual identity and whose value is only based on what we can do for the collective. The American philosophy, which is based on, and this is from Ben Shapiro, Jerusalem's moral purpose... And Greece's reason cannot be allowed because it requires you to be an individual. Moral purpose being, um, I have a reason to be alive. I have a reason to be, I have a family. I have to raise my family the best they can. Reason means I can make decisions for myself. Now, again, there's capacity in there, which means... I'm a guy who is five foot seven, six. I, I don't know. Ask Dave; he'll tell you later. But five foot seven, five foot six. I'm never going to be a professional basketball player. So I have capacity. I also have capacity within my reason. I have capacity with my moral purpose. I can only go so far. But I still have those things, and I can, and can accomplish as much as possibly can if I do the right things. They proclaim, the left proclaims the need for love and, or I'm sorry, the, uh, no, I'm, the, the left proclaims the need for love and togetherness. They claim that the sins of the United States can be solved by working together. They claim we can all have homes, money, education, health care, television, internet, and iPhones. And we don't have to work hard to get any of that stuff. We just have to work with the collective. Our collective love can solve crime, so we don't need those evil police. They claim we can achieve world peace through 
uh, world peace through globalism so that we do not need a military to solve international conflicts. This sounds great. Heck, um, it sounds like the Communist Manifesto by Marx and Engels. I read the pamphlet when I was 20 years old, and it made sense then. I can see why kids think it's a good philosophy. Heck, in college, I took a class in different religions, too. And I thought all of them were awesome. They sounded great. It even made me question my Christianity. But here's the problem. Here's the problem for the left. I'm 52. I read it again. I was like, this is trash. At 52, I read the Bible again. And it, by the way, it wasn't 52. It was in my 40s. But I read the Bible again. I was like, this makes sense. The problem is I was an adult at the time. And as a kid, you don't seem to have this way of, you don't have this way of being able to reason your way through words. Because the Communist Manifesto doesn't say all the problems that can occur with communism, socialism, or Marxism. But I can see why there's a push to get rid of our way of life and replace it with a philosophy that promises utopia. Here's the problem for the left when they're pushing utopia. History, world history, and United States history. There has never been a communist, socialist, or Marxist country or regime that has not led to tyranny, imprisonment, starvation, and death. The Soviet Union, Nazi Germany, which, by the way, Nazi Germany is a socialist country, and it started, it started as a socialist country, went to a fascist country. And by the way, fascism is lazy socialism. That's what it is. Maybe we'll talk about that later. I think I have talked about it in a previous podcast. Um, North Korea, China, Venezuela, Vietnam, Cuba, and assorted Central American countries have all tried to create Marxist utopia. They all ended up in tyranny and dictatorships, imprisoning or killing anyone that did not comply or thought there was actually just a problem with this. Heck, CHOP or CHAZ, whatever that little thing, that little area, which by the way is closing, uh, little area in Seattle is, they experience the same problems. They're now killing each other. What does the left do? Revisionist history. I have children in my life. They don't, they're not necessarily my children, but I have children in my life. I'm sure a lot of you do too. They don't know what the Soviet <coughs> Union is. They don't know what the Cold War was. They don't know what the Berlin Wall was. They know about Hitler because he was a fascist. Uh, they don't know what that means, but he was a fascist. And because only conservatives can be fascist, he was a bad person, which, again, makes absolutely no sense. Again, later we're going to talk about the changing of language, because fascism is socialism. Let's not kid ourselves. Fascism is socialism, but we change the language. So if you're a nationalist, you're a fascist. That's not the case. And we need to play with that, and we're going to talk about that later. But they don't know anything. So they know all about this stuff, but they don't know anything about Lenin, Stalin, or Mao. 
each of whom have killed more than Hitler. Hitler was not the greatest killer, not the worst dictator in the world or in world history. And educators teach about wonderful socialist countries like Norway, Switzerland, Sweden, and the Netherlands. This is the great lie. These countries are not socialists and never have been. These countries continue to point out that they're not socialist. But the left continues to revise world history in order to push their narrative. These countries have act, these countries are just are free market systems that have nanny state qualities. That doesn't make them socialist. And the narrative is socialism good, capitalism bad. The next big problem the left has is American history. They, they can easily hide world history because no one cares about world history. But American history, that's a problem. It's all around us. They decide they are attacking the problem. They're trying to revise it and they're trying to eliminate it. So how do they do that? The vision of U.S. history has been going on for decades. Howard Zinn's book, The People's History of the United States, was first published in 1980 and took society like a whirlwind. But the reality is, it started probably in the 60s. It made the United, it, Zinn's book made the United States out to be an imperialist country that is the cause of the, all the evil in the world. Zinn is a well-known Marxist, but not much of a historian. His book uh, is rife with mistakes and exaggerations. Real historians have debunked the book over and over again. But this book continues to be used in schools and is a reference in colleges. This type of history makes every event, whether good or bad, into something that had evil undertones. Columbus' discovery was not great; uh, was not a great achievement, but was to enslave the peaceful American Indians and rape the country of resources. That's crap. World War II was not to end the tyranny of Japan and the genocide of Germany, but to quench the imperialist appetite of the United States. That is crap. But people are buying it. The New York Times is another portion of revisionist history. This is actually in 35% of our classrooms today for high schools, even grammar schools. That's disturbing. The New York Times 1619 project is a bit different, though. This Pulitzer Prize winning piece of crap decides to ignore history altogether. It states that the history of the United States started in 1619 with the first black slaves arriving on our shores. Mind you, there wasn't a United States in 1619. It tries to convince people, and is doing a pretty good job, that the United States was founded on slavery and oppression and that we have never left that philosophy. So every business, every TV, every iPhone was all based on slavery. That the, that the country in 2020 is no different than it was in 1619 as far as philosophy. It ignores the creation of the Declaration of Independence and Constitution and deems them as racist. It ignores the philosophy of the Founding Fathers when it comes to slavery. 
and only focuses on their sins. For example, Thomas Jefferson, he was a slave owner. Um, George Washington, he was a slave owner. But they also believed that in order for the Constitution to work out, they need to eliminate slavery. But they can't do it all at once. Read the Federalist Papers. It's, it's in there. Um, it ignores that there has been slavery throughout world history. And it still remains today. There's still slavery today. And that slavery is a uniquely American trait. This has actually been said by, by I think it's John Kasich from Ohio in the Senate this week. He said that America started slavery. I guess he forgot about the Greeks, the Romans, the Egyptians who had slavery. I mean, I don't know. We've got a couple of pyramids in Egypt that were built off the backs of Jewish slaves. It ignores the 600,000 people that died. It's between 600 and 700,000 people that died in the Civil War that was had to eliminate slavery. It ignores the Emancipation Proclamation that was supported by most of the country. And the what counted was most of the country was white. So it was white people that said slavery is evil. It ignores the 15th and 16th Amendments that gave blacks their freedom and their right to vote. It ignores women's suffrage that gave women the right to vote. It ignores the Civil Rights Act that ended the evil Jim Crow laws that were, by the way, created in the South by, watch, Democrats. It does not see the United, the book does not see the United States as a country that saw evil and transformed and grew. It chooses to see the United States as continually evil as some of our beliefs back in the seven and, and our beliefs back in the 17th century apply in the in 21st century in fact it sees us as arbiters of evil in other words we started everything that is evil and the best way to end the world's evil is to end the system in the united states that started it and continues to propagate promulgate it this is just absolutely crazy there has always been evil in the world. The United States has spent its entire history fighting its own evils in the world. And it's spent its entire history fighting its evils from within, and that includes today. And you know what? We've done a great job at it. This series of essays is complete crap in the 1619 Project. Heck, the New York Times had to run a series of corrections on the historical facts. And facts, you can't see it, air quotes. But this did not stop the essay from winning a Pulitzer Prize, which really shows us how valuable the Pulitzer is. This project is what is leading the youth to destroy our statues today. I have more thoughts on this in a later ep a later article, a later episode, podcast episode. The thing that the left is trying to do is destroy our history. That's because those statues 
represent the changes that our country has gone through to become the greatest country in the world, in world history. And I am not exaggerating. Greatest country, greater than Athens, greater than Greece, greater than Rome, greater than France, greater than the Persia, the greatest civilization in history. They say it's true in the guise of racist cops and American systemic racism. But then, why tear down the statues of Abraham Lincoln, Ulysses S. Grant, and Theodore Roosevelt? There's talk about blowing up Mount Rushmore? Because these are symbols of progress in the United States. And the left cannot allow any acknowledgement of progress or transformation in this country because it would mean that we have grown as a nation and we're not as terrible as we were in 1619 or 1776 or 1860, 1860 before slavery was ended or in 1855 we'd have to or in 1920 or in 19 before 1964 We'd have to see ourselves as evil. This is what the left does. The left wants to suspend time. We are, there is no growth between 1619 and 2020, 2021, 2028, 2020, 2100. There is no growth. Time has been suspended. The racism, the systemic racism that we had in the ninth in the twentieth century is there. It's always been there. And we've never grown. We've never learned. We've never done anything. They suspend time. The fact that they call themselves progressive is really weird because they're not progressive. They are stuck in a certain area. They can't move forward. Making abortion legal making the death penalty illegal, being able to smoke weed anywhere you want is not progressive. And you've got to understand that there are reasons they do everything. But to sit back and say you're a progressive and refuse to look at American history in the three dimensions... And just sit there and say, it's a flat history. We never got better. We never went up. We never went down. We've gone up and we've gone down. We've gone up and gone down in the last 15 years. To say that is just, that's not progressive. That's anything but progressive. The left wants to destroy us. They use uneducated children to do their deeds. Children that don't know our history. They've accomplished, children who've accomplished nothing. Children who want everything for free and are filled with ideas of, un, of some unattainable utopia. Also that a few elitist tyrants can gain power. That's what it comes down to. The left is teaching us that there can be some we're all going to be equal. We're never going to be equal. That's Animal Farm. Animal Farm. The last few lines of that book. All animals are created equal, but some are more equal than others. That's what needs to be remembered. That's what our kids don't know. 
because they've never read Animal Farm. It's probably been banned by now. Definitely 1984. George Orwell's 1984 has been banned. They need to understand there's always going to be leadership. You're never going to eliminate the police. There's always going to be police. Those people in CHOP or CHAZ are already beginning to realize that. But this is the best country in the world. And they need to eliminate, the left needs to eliminate history. Because history is the only thing that makes people realize, oh, Abraham Lincoln wasn't a bad guy. That statue they want to tear down this week is a statue that was, what, W.E.B. Dubow and a lot of black it was designed by blacks it was it was set up by blacks to to celebrate the accomplishment of ending slavery by Abraham Lincoln oh my gosh no one knows that here's my advice always question interpreted history beware of any history that goes to extremes like Howard Zinn's history does no country is completely evil especially this one any history that goes to extremes, like Margaret Sanger is a saint, she probably isn't. You need to figure that out. And when they point to a statue and that person is completely evil, yeah, he probably isn't. Human beings are at fault, which is why utopia doesn't work. But it depends on the stupidity of our population to get rid of our history. The left can't do it by themselves. Left politicians who want to own this country can't do it by themselves. They need people to do it. Groups like Black Lives Matter, Antifa, those are the groups that the left is actually pushing to destroy our history. And do not be silent. We're past that now. When someone says something stupid, point it out. I can't stand our Republican overlords because they just kind of stand back. And by the way, it wasn't W.B. Dubois, it was Frederick Douglass. I've read him too, he's great. So, I'm not going to be doing these every day. I'm going to be doing these Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, which I know I said this earlier. Um, the reason I've decided to do this is because I, I this is an essay. I wrote this essay, um, and it takes me a long time to write these essays. I'm going to be writing two essays this week. So when you go to my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com, it, it's not going to be an episode. It's going to be an essay. So you can download or listen to this podcast at uh, on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, and YouTube. I did figure out how to get my podcast on YouTube. Uh, it was, since YouTube decides when or when or when not to upload my thing, I decided, screw it, I'm going to upload it manually, and it seems to work pretty well. Uh, I already told you about uh, dumbassestalkingpolitics.com, and you can follow me, at Fool on Twitter, at R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. I am actually going to work this weekend to expand my social media pre uh, presence. I don't know how that's going to work out. This is Gene. And you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.